The following audio drama is a presentation of Misfits Audio. What do you think he wants? Ah, I hate to think. You never know with him. Maybe he's in a good mood. Uh, Maybe he called us together to tell us how happy he is with the network's ratings in the latest book. G.W. McCoy happy? Impossible! You've only been here for about three months, John. As a veteran of the TV network ratings wars, let me pass on one bit of information to you. G.W. McCoy, the cheesiest of all the big cheeses, is never happy. I've been summoned to three meetings with the old man since I started here. It's never been fun. I haven't met him yet. He's not in town often. He's always flying here and there, mostly on business. This whole network was his idea. He's determined to see it succeed, no matter the price. What's he like? You're about to find out. John Winwood is a junior program developer for the American Television Network. Recently, the fledgling network has added several series which have become modest rating successes. John is understandably nervous as to what his boss, the infamous G.W. McCoy, wants of him and his fellow program developers, Jerry Pratt and Pete Cochran. We'll pause here as Mr. McCoy enters the conference room in our tale, The Big Game. Good morning, gentlemen. Sir? Mr. McCoy. Good morning, sir. I don't recognize you. My name is John Winwood, Mr. McCoy. I'm the new program developer. New? He took over Stevenson's position. What happened to Stevenson? He didn't go to a competitor, did he? No, he retired. Oh. Well, that's okay. We did give him a farewell party, didn't we? We did, and a gold watch. When was that? A little more than three months ago. Uh, Was I there? No, you weren't. I must have been on the East Coast. Shame. I would have liked the chance to say goodbye to old Stan Stevenson. Sam, sir. Isn't that what I said? Uh, Of course. Welcome to ATN, Winwood. Thank you, sir. I'm pleased to be here. Good, good. Happy employees are productive employees. Right, Jerry? Absolutely. Well, gentlemen, as you all know, time is money. And I didn't call you together this afternoon to reminisce about old Stan. Men, our network has a problem. What would that be? The latest ratings book shows markedly improved numbers for several of our programs. Many of the series that debut this fall, they're doing well already. You're very direct. I like that. I'm not complaining about our current schedule. For a relatively new network, we're actually doing rather well. The advertisers are pleased with the bang they're getting for their buck, and happy advertisers make for happy network executives. Right, Cochran? Absolutely. What I'm talking about is a genre of program that we don't have. We've got cops, doctors, and precocious kids to spare. But we don't have a reality program. We need one, and I want it on the air soon. They're all the rage nowadays. We need ours to stand out from the crowd somehow. Prettier contestants, bigger prizes, whatever it takes. What can everyone relate to? What's universal? What haven't the other networks made fodder for their shows yet? They pretty much run the gamut. Sex, greed, personality, looks. How about life and death? That's universal. You want a reality series based on death? Maybe it'd make a better game show? Look into both possibilities. Game shows are hot now, too. And pretty cheap to produce. Wouldn't that be, well, a downer? Not if it's handled correctly. 
you can entertain the American television viewer with anything. I can see it now. Big, big prizes for the winner. A million bucks. That may not be enough. Some of the other shows are already offering that. And more. Two million, then. Five million. A billion. A billion dollar prize? Whatever the network's coffers will bear. Think big. Really big. A billion could be the grand prize, after one contestant wins for several weeks in a row. What would the contestants need to do? Whatever it takes. Do silly stunts, answer trivia questions, eat worms. Anything where a panel of judges can pick a definite winner each week. Maybe the studio audience could vote. Oh, that would be good. Or the home audience. That would get people to tune in. We could sell some gizmo viewers could hook up to their TVs to vote. Imagine the feeling of power they'd have holding a human life in their hands. What would really happen to the losing contestants? What do you mean? They'd be killed live on the air. What? We could even recruit celebrities to be the executioner. We could have a different one each week. I know some has-beens who would jump at the chance for nationwide TV exposure. Why, they'd probably pay us for the opportunity. You really think that people would sign up for a program where, if they lose, they'll be killed? I do. If the prize for the winners is big enough, and a billion dollars should be big enough. I think you're underestimating the condition of the economy, Winwood. If this contest is the only way someone has to provide for his family... He'll take the chance. But isn't that murder? Not with properly signed waivers. People will know what they're getting into and agree to hold the network blameless. We'll give some prizes to the loser's family each week. A new microwave, a laptop, an iPad. Whatever trinkets hot at the time. And the funeral costs? ATN can pick up the tab for that. Maybe we can develop a spin-off where we show the loser's funerals. That could be the reality show. If we slip a few bucks to the grieving widow, I'll bet she'll let us down in a casket. Tears. Tears are big business. What do you think, gentlemen? Brilliant. A hit in the making. Hmm. Right now, this is the top priority for all of you. I want to see a pilot in three months. What will the title be, sir? Oh, I don't know. G.W. McCoy presents something or other. It'll come to me. John Winwood. Winwood, it's McCoy. Good morning, sir. I hope you had a pleasant weekend. Busy. Deals, deals, deals. Network business doesn't wait for Monday. How about you? Nothing special. My wife and I went out to DeLuca's on Saturday. Yes, for almost a year now. I'm on my way to the airport, but I wanted to give you a quick call. I was thinking of the life and death show we were all talking about last week. I've been giving it some serious thought. So have I. The idea is definitely better suited for a game show. The series with the losers' funerals would make for a better reality show. We'll work on that one next. You want to go through with it? Of course I do. I called Charlie Demarest. I told him to set you, Pratt and Cochran, up in Studio J. It's the largest available studio we have. Uh, he has someone coming in this morning with preliminary sketches for the series set. It's gonna be a whopper. You should head over there later. Pratt's been there all weekend. I'll do that. I want big. Lots of flashing lights, banks of TV screens.
screens, maybe even more than one level, and I think a trap door would be a great idea. You mean pull a lever and the loser goes down the chute? Right. There could be a big pit underneath. Think of the theater. What would be in the pit? I don't know. A crocodile, piranha, whatever the crew can get. We could even make that part of the set transparent. No sense in denying the audience their bread and circuses, is there? No, sir. Zurich? I'm getting my watch fixed. I always take it back to where I purchased it. Hans, my jeweler, appreciates me being a loyal customer. I'm sure he does. Oh, I think I have a title for the new show. G.W. McCoy presents The Big Game. Yeah, I think G.W. will like that touch. Pull anybody you need off of other productions. The boss is given the big game. Top priority. Jerry. Hey, John. Happy Monday. How are you? I've been better. I just got off the phone with McCoy. <laughs> Not a good way to start the morning. Have you seen the blueprint for this set? Two levels. It's gonna be amazing. That's just what I wanted to talk with you about. What's the problem? McCoy is planning a game show where losers will die. And we're helping him. How can you be so calm? <laughs> you believe him? Of, of course I do. Don't. You haven't known him as long as I have. Sure, he's, to put it nicely, eccentric. But he's no murderer. Even a man as powerful as McCoy is in this town is subject to the laws of this great land. So no contestant will really die? <laughs> of course not. It may look that way, and they might think they're going to die while they're playing the game... But it's all part of the show. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. <laughs> then why? Publicity and illusion. No one will really know what happens, especially if ATN pays the losing contestants to keep out of sight for a while, like some of the other networks do for their shows. Do you remember ALF? Sure. The producers never admitted that there was some little person inside the costume because they wanted to float the illusion that ALF was an actual alien. And some people believed it. But? McCoy's the head of the network. He signs my paycheck, and yours. We have to keep him happy. I've been here all weekend. <laughs> the life of the loner bachelor, no family, no commitments. I'm probably here way too much, but it makes for some great overtime. This whole series is a big lie. Welcome to the world of network TV. Give the boss what he wants. Humor him. It'll be good for all of us. Job security. And you never know, the big game may be a hit. I doubt it. I think Damaris can hold down the fort. Let's take a hike. You, Pete, and I have to come up with the rules for this game or we won't have a show. It'll have to be pretty tough for a billion-dollar prize. Agreed. But not so tough that people will feel stupid. We need somewhere between Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy for the question and answer part. TV trivia is good for that. You want people to go, oh yeah, of course, when they hear the answer. You're finally home. You're telling me. You've been doing a lot of late nights. Uh, I know. Rough day. Monotonous. 
I spent most of the day writing down TV trivia questions for the big game. <laughs> Doesn't that premiere in a couple of weeks? It does. McCoy wants to air the premiere live, not live on tape, but really live. It had better go well then. No technical difficulties. The set is enormous. Two levels and enough electricity to light up Sri Lanka. I kind of want to see that show. You? You have a college degree, Barb. It will be an interesting study in what people will do for 15 minutes of fame. 60 minutes. It's an hour-long show. Andy Warhol and I beg your forgiveness. Besides, I want to see what you've been spending all these late nights developing. <sighs> well, it hasn't been by choice, believe me. Like Jerry Pratt said, we have to keep the boss happy. He signs the checks. We'll TiVo the premiere. Why? For posterity? You've forgotten already? Uh, my brain is putty. If, if I say yes, will you be mad at me? <sighs> my cousin Linda is getting married in Philly that weekend. Remember? Is that the same weekend as the premiere? It is. With all this overtime, the days have been running into each other. Oh, don't worry, though. I, I took the time off already. We'll be back on Sunday. You can watch the big game then. That way, you'll be able to tell the boss how wonderful it was over the water cooler on Monday morning. For the next two weeks, nothing mattered to the American television network but the big game. McCoy put out a flood of advertising. And not just on ATN, but in newspapers, on radio stations, on billboards, anywhere he could think of. Don't miss it, the advertising went. Your life could depend on it. Word of mouth grew and grew. An undisclosed big-name guest star was promised as the first guest executioner. McCoy even decided to host the show himself. It was four or five days before the premiere when GW sauntered into the cramped office I shared with Jerry and Pete. Samantha Feldon? Do you remember her? Of course I do. I used to watch Spy Time every week when I was a kid. Same here. Boy, was she a looker. She's still very attractive. I'm thrilled that she's going to be the first guest executioner. Others are already calling to sign up. I'm hearing from agents of has-beens that I didn't even know were still alive. It's going to be a great show. I'm expecting big, big numbers. Have you seen the publicity we're getting for it being a live broadcast? Every little bit helps. I think the games you boys have developed are just the right mix of brawn and brains. We should get the eggheads and the jocks tuning in. That's a rarity. I want you three and your families to be in the audience, right up front for the premiere. I'll bring the missus. I'm just a lonely bachelor, but I'll be there. I'm afraid I can't make it. What? I've got a wedding in Philly. I told the personnel director about needing this Friday off before I was hired. You're sure you can't skip the wedding? I'd really like all three of you there as your names pass by on the screen. I'm afraid not. We're all booked, flight, and hotel. It's my wife's favorite cousin, and she's in the bridal party. Shame. I'll be there for the second show. That will have to do. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to go check that the piranha have arrived. Oh, boy, it's good to be back. Wasn't Linda a beautiful bride? Yeah, but you were the prettiest woman there. You sweet talker, you. I have a couple of phone calls to make before I turn in. Do you mind? No, I want to watch the big game. 
I'm sure that McCoy will be asking for my opinions on it tomorrow. Honey, I was going to make a snack. Would you like something? Honey? I'm sorry, did you say something? You're really engrossed in that show. That's Jerry Pratt. Is it? What's he doing on the show? I'm not sure why, but he's a contestant. He looks nervous. It's all part of the show. What's that lady doing? Jerry must have lost the game. She's pulling the lever to drop him into the piranha tank. Piranha? Oh, you could see the fish eating him. It's all fake, honey. Hollywood. But there are bones floating in the water. I changed my mind. I I don't want to see this. It's too realistic. Yes, it certainly is. Are you coming to bed, honey? It's late. Who are you calling? Jerry Pratt. Why? I wanted to to congratulate him on his acting debut. What did he say? He didn't answer. (sighs) You can congratulate him in the morning. I hope so. Did you see the show? I TiVo'd it and watched it last night. What did you think? Pretty good, huh? GW's pleased, and that's important. What was Jerry doing as a contestant? Uh, who? Jerry. Where's his desk? Whose desk? Jerry's. There were three desks here when I left for the wedding. Three. I think you have some jet lag, buddy. There have never been three desks in this office. Just two, yours and mine. Who's this Jerry? Jerry Pratt. Friend of yours? Of mine? He's a friend of both of us. What's he do here? He's one of the program developers. His name's on the door right here. But there were three names there. I'm sure of it. It must be new glass, right? That glass has been there for years. There's the crack from when I slammed the door a few weeks ago. They added your name under mine when you started. See? No Jerry Platt. Pratt? I... I need to speak with McCoy. Where is he? I'm not sure. Probably over at the big game set. Don't be too long. We need to start writing some questions for episode two. McCoy, I know you're here. Show yourself. Are you hiding behind the stage? Are you scared, big man? I'll find you wherever you are, you murderer. Good to see you again, Winwood. How was the wedding? Why'd you kill Jerry? 
You're very blunt for someone who has been employed here for such a short time. But I need to be. Have you had your coffee this morning? What are you talking about? No, I suppose not. If you had had some coffee, you wouldn't remember the late Mr. Pratt at all. You doped the coffee? Yes, that's why no one, not even your cohort Mr. Cochran, remembers that Pratt ever existed. I used a combination of common herbs and roots I learned about overseas. Tasteless, cheap, simple, and effective. It has served me well in this town over the years. Someone else must remember Jerry. Uh, not for long. I have other methods to ensure totality. My operatives are at work as we speak. Soon, no one but I will remember him at all. I'll remember him. We'll see about that. Why, McCoy? Why was Jerry a contestant on this blasted show of yours? That you helped create. I never thought you were crazy enough to commit an actual murder. Especially live on television. Neither did Jerry. I told you my plan for the losing contestants from the very beginning. Why the surprise now? Why Jerry? The scheduled contestant, Mr. Frederick Cranston from Santa Monica, never showed up. We were going out live on the air. We needed a replacement player. Jerry never thought you would really kill. I think he started to wonder about that when he was standing on the trapdoor above the piranha tank. I noticed a little sweat on his upper lip. Have you seen the overnight ratings for the show? Absolutely amazing! Advertisers are clamoring to buy spots already. The big game is going to be a hit with a capital H. It'll need a new host. I'm going to the police. <laughs> Do you mind if I tag along? What? I have a reputation in this town, having been in the entertainment industry for more than three decades. ATN regularly donates large sums of cash to charitable organizations championed by the local authorities. The idea that the police would believe you, a newly hired program developer, over me is laughable. There is already no record of Jerry Pratt anywhere at this network. To the police, he will be an invention of yours in your quest to extort money from me. <laughs> Laugh now, McCoy. It'll be your last. And this is your last. Put that down. You don't want two murders on your hands. I don't really care. I'll do whatever it takes to make this network a success. Beg, borrow, steal, kill. I got rid of Pratt. I can get rid of you. It will just take a bit longer with the family you have. You are nuts. You shouldn't call GW that. Oh, Pete, thank God you're here. We have to... Oh, no. Mr. Cochran loves his coffee. You're a little late. Sorry, boss. No matter. We have a small problem to deal with. So I see. Move, Winwood, or I'll kill you where you stand. Move where? To the trap door over the piranha, where your imaginary friend breathed his last. Move! Since this is a game show stage, Winwood, let's play the game. We're not filming today, so there will be a very small audience. Only the three of us. Welcome, everyone, to the big game. I'm your genial host, G.W. McCoy. John Winwood of Los Angeles is now positioned over the pit where our losing contestant met his grisly end last week. Do you want to play our game, Mr. Winwood? With two guns trained on me, how can I refuse such an invitation? But first, a commercial break. I have no desire to kill you, unless you can't keep your mouth shut. 
think of your loved ones, especially that pretty wife of yours. It would be a shame for my people to have to hunt all your friends and family down after your death to make sure they keep quiet. Cut the crap. What do you want? You win our little game and keep your mouth shut and we'll let you and yours live. If not, I'll spring open the trap door. The piranha are still hungry. They haven't had a good meal since... Pratt. I've got my hand on the release lever. If you try to run, Cochrane will take care of you. I sure will. If you answer this question correctly, you can live if you keep your mouth shut. Otherwise, zoom down the chute. Decide. Get on with it. And we're back. John Winwood, here's your life or death question. Who was the 17th president of the United States? Andrew Johnson. My game, my rules. He never would have kept his mouth shut. In the big game, you heard Russell Gold as Jerry Pratt, Peter Catt as Pete Cochran, Glenn Haskell as John Winwood, Elise Crowick as the narrator, Scott Fortney as G.W. McCoy, and Diane Havens as Barbara Winwood. The big game was written and produced by Mike Murphy. The assistant producer and webmaster was Captain John Tatterzak. The mixer was Matthew Blondin. Music for The Big Game was composed and performed by John Carl Toth. It is copyrighted 2014 and is used with his permission. To hear more of his music, please visit his website at johnnytoth.wix.com forward slash music. The art director was Alexa Chipman. The script editor was Arlene Osborne. All the characters portrayed herein are fictitious. Any resemblance to actual persons, living or dead, is purely coincidental. Please visit us on the web at MisfitsAudio.com and on Facebook. This has been a presentation of Misfits Audio, copyright 2014. All rights reserved. This is Elise Crowick speaking. <laughs>